Hola, bonjour, guten tag, You may have noticed a few dilchuts there. Maybe a clue for to start. You're very welcome to episode three of the Study Hub, RT Radio's one's Leaving Cert support show. And we will help you so much this week on the podcast. We're going to help you sort your molecules from your mochnilochs. And we'll also talk about simple things that you and your support team can do to help you get through this whole next few months, this challenge as well, and as, as in such a good place as possible. And you know, we're focusing on Irish paper hain, let our shan car ethnic coin. Paper hain, of course, is all about the chats. But of course, when we think about Gaelic at the moment, it seems to be having a bit of a moment because we can think only maybe of the Oscar nominated on Colleen Kuhn for Inspraud. And if you're heading into the oral exam, maybe you'll be a bit like Carrie Crowley when she meets court Catherine Clinch for the first time. Well, Iach, Erin Galinsa. Shasamach, good hour to me, split the Tom Derrick of Akustosan. It was a fan, and this got a shin. Tom Fran Vist. Oh, got a horror going on. This is a drift, okay, Mer Barra of a sage candidate. Karstach, none of all on the Oscars, Colleen Kuhn. And then coming after Ethan is one of the wonders of the natural world, Mr. Terry Flanagan, terribly with us to give you advice from his many, many, many years. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this as a biology teacher and a leaving star corrector. Terry, you're alive and well. I am indeed. And thanks for having me back again. You, I must say, I'm going to go all in on. So it's a bit better than my biology, but mm-hmm. we'll work on that. And when Terry says, read the full question, I know you're going to be telling this, Terry. Uh, what you're going to say is don't get distracted by just one word in the question, such as maybe, you know, a word like fungus. Don't. True, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees. And currently there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures. But what if that were to change? What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now there is reason to evolve. One gene mutates and an Ascomycetia, Candida, Ergot, Cordyceps, Aspergillus, any one of them could become capable of borrowing into our brains and taking control, not of millions of us, but billions of us. They're from The Last of Us, the current hottest TV programme, and you'll never be the last of us or of anything with Terry Flanagan on board I promise you that but while exams and studies are a huge focus on your lives right now it's always important for us all to remember here our little mantra here in the study hub is that you know they are important but they are just that exams so another old pal of the show Jen Trecek who's an occupational therapist at Way Ahead Therapy in Dublin Jen is going to be talking to us Jen you're with us this afternoon you've got lots of advice for our students Delighted to be with you, Evelyn. And don't ask me anything in Irish because I have lost all of it since my leaving six years. Listen, we'll focus maybe on the, the, the positive stuff that you can do to help students and their families get through all this. So uh, we are going to be talking to both these, but in a minute, uh, because first we're going to Tusu Nishle Gaelga Popper Hain, Explore Dortmit the Ethnic Coin from Presentation College, Athenry, Kundan, Gullivan, Shoch, and Kaurulin. Students, of course, preparing for the royal exams as well as their written exams. And, you know, even Oscar nominees can speak Irish. Paul Meskel, he may be able to help us here. So Frankie. Then Scott, he, I guess, uh, 
Tom Fear Bro do us an awesome scan and August August Frankie is is Colleen in Turkey August uh, yeah Paul Mesk there, the one and only Ethna Foil Throat Stockley Study Hub. Listen, Paul Meskel, Colleen Kuhn, you know, Gaelga is where it's at this year. It's the hot language, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's a new revival at Yeah, So we're all very excited about that. Listen, let's plough on a pop Brahain. Two hours, 20 minutes here. I suppose the first thing I have to ask you, like I'm asking so many other teachers, is compared to last year, what are we dealing with in terms of differences? Are things gliding back to pre-COVID? What should students be aware of that's different this year from last year? Well, actually, the layout of it is, is the same as last year, Evelyn. So um, it's it's very straightforward. As you said, it's two hours, 20 minutes, starting with the close tishkins. So roughly 30 minutes for that. And then you're left with um, an hour and 50 for your ashta. Um, and that's 160 marks for that first paper one in the afternoon. And that's worth 27% of your overall mark allocation. And of course, you'll have your oral exam, which is 240 by comparison done during the Easter holidays at that stage. So you're bagging those marks all along and then you go on. Talk to me about the sections then. You've uh, section A, B and C, for example, B has the two Cora, has more marks going for it. Well, just um, topically there, listening to Paul Meskel, um, that uh, you have three conuents there in the close Tishkins. First of all, you have conuents, Oli, Conuch, August, conuents, the moon there. So just to be aware of that um, and familiarise yourselves with the differences. Um, then going on to the written paper, you have the essay question, the uh, infamous essay question. That's divided into three genres. Uh, so you have your Ashta, you have your Dietzburg or Oroids, and you have your Scale. Um, and again, there's huge overlap here between uh, preparation for your essay work, the written paper, and what you would have done formally on the um, in the close Fishkin, or sorry, on the Bale Street, the Squid concept preparation as well, because the same themes. Um, and then just to be aware of the importance of Crinius and the Gaelia there, and the allocation of the marks uh, in terms of your Crinius and Farshingoth, which is um, you know that you would have a broad vocabulary, but you're definitely looking at uh, Specifically, your uh, the use of the shevu, your oru, the tishul genizoch, um, and the inch genanuokal, the, the the correct gender there in, in Colleen Kuhn, for instance, you can see that that's a, a masculine word followed by an adjective, then that's treated accordingly. But a lot of them you would you would um, have coming up in a lot of different genres or in a lot of, under a lot of different themes. You know, reitzach nefaiba and you know, So it's just clachtu really and paying huge attention to krinyas nagoyga there because 80 out of your 100 marks is going for krinyas nagoyga, five for the correct genre and then 15 out of the 100 marks for over, which is that you would uh, adhere to ad rem, that you would keep to the relevance of the title. So is the advice that I'm hearing from you is that, you know, people get very caught up in the theme, which of course you have to answer accurately and appropriately. But actually it's the written goal, it's the goal you're actually committing to the paper, that that is of a high standard. That's the most, that's the biggest priority here. 
It is, and that's an ongoing process, Evelyn, really, you know, that uh, you're referring to your usual resources in uh, Torish Punkai or in a GTG card dream or class notes and so on. Um, your feedback from your teacher being very um, important here as well. So you would know where your strengths and weaknesses lie. And again, to know what your level is and what you're hoping to get, because sometimes you can make the, the mistake of writing too much. You're advised to write 600 words for your uh, Ashta or your Dysborth, whichever you might choose. Um, but then if your crinius is lacking or if you find that challenging, you are advised to stick with 600 words. But then if your crinius is particularly strong, uh, you can go beyond that. Obviously, it's a case of timing. But for H3 or higher, uh, you'd be expected to write more than two and a half pages or more than 600 words. And you also advocate that people should be smarter at their strategies, right? So if you're preparing for your Scudu Bail over the Easter holidays, you know, when you have got your themes, you have your Faragan and your course Lysa or whatever, that stuff, all yeah. that material is easy transferable into the Ashta. Absolutely. And just, you know, there are generic openings and uh, conclusions that you can use in, in terms or in the context of Z-Sports or Anoroids um, to address your audience. So again, audience learn those the, off, like just rattle those off absolutely, and move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then you know to to plan appropriately as well. You have ample time here, um, so make sure that you plan uh, what points you're going to refer to. Six strong paragraphs, at least, no less than that, and uh, have connecting phrases so that you're referring to the title regularly as well. You know, so within um, the so body sure of the writing piece, right? Say you're going with Fragan, for example, right? You're just like uh-huh. all the time. Keep going back to that title and don't be afraid to refer to it within the body of your own text. Absolutely, yeah, you know, and, and make sure that you don't uh, go off on tangents um, because if that's the case, then you're not going to meet the criteria of your 600 words and you won't be marked out of the full allocation of marks there then. Now, in terms of Screw the Bail, one of the things I hear right across the board for all the different subjects that have that part is that a lot of students with COVID, with the lockdown, are lacking confidence in their spoken language, right? Because they weren't necessarily doing it and they're in the bedrooms. You know, it's hard to shout down a, a Zoom Absolutely. with confidence. So is that something that yeah. you're going to draw attention to, something you feel strongly about, that the students need to know that, recognise that and work on that? Well, again, it is a suspension of reality, really, you know, while it is, a, you know, an ogolive, um, there are, again, reference to the main phrases and the main themes, and you can steer the interview uh, to a degree as well, you know, um, about 20 candidates per day the examiners are going to be dealing with, so it can get quite repetitive, so it's an obvious um, opportunity for somebody to throw in something that's a little bit different or interesting, and to have uh, prepared language and vocabulary for that. Um, but again, yeah, projection of your voice and, you know, it's all about just uh, practicing and anybody who's willing to listen to you talking about yourself, your family, <laughs> personal engagement as well, that you'll be able to talk about your own scenario and anecdotes about uh, what you do for your last year you were talking about us marching around to the mobile phone you know and chatting into it and all that kind of thing I mean yeah. your your advice was to get out even and walk the bowerines and speak out loud but oh, speak uh, it you know speak it out loud absolutely. to the sheep if necessary 
Yeah, and it, and it's it's one of those areas where, uh, you know, somebody who does project his voice and who has that little bit of mishni, uh, you know, ganyarin gmaichlo that they get on well, really, you know, uh, it is, uh, you know, it, it is an audition to the, to a degree, really, you know, and that you'd have simsamayga this gmaichal anonish in a response that you'd be able to show that interest in your Irish and your, you know, uh, your ambition to to gain the marks and uh, to complete a successful interview, really that that's really important and something as simple as as I said standing in front of the mirror and getting used to the sound of your own voice yeah. and as you said the, the, the various technological apps that you can use nowadays Now in terms of Poprahain Gno level the ordinary level of course much of the advice is similar but just in terms of timings and the structure there what do you want to draw people's attention to so they can kind of master that mm. paper too? Well, again, um, the layout is the same as last year. It's 160 marks and uh, close to 60. Um, and this is definitely a case of practising. Now, all of those resources are available on the SEC website as well with the text of the oral exams. So couldn't uh, recommend enough that they go back over that and practise again uh, to highlight the beginnings of the questions is important for ordinary level there. So to know the difference between K, COD, CODOS, odd um, and not to to lose marks there to recognise what you're being asked and to answer the question being asked obviously um, so that's close Fishkins and then going on to the written the written part of the paper they have a choice there of four options so they have to do two out of four each worth 50 and 50 um, and again time is not a problem for ordinary level here because a lot of it is overlapping with your oral preparation so you have a gyutta or a blag as they call it um, so either or either of those which is a little passage now you're talking about half a page uh, to three quarters of a page of again Crinius and they're very important there so Amshari and Amrifra the tenses Litru is important in that section as well the Shevu the Oru the Clean Inchants which is the indirect speech Ray Vocal um, and the correct use of the Animuckel um, so all of that is is uh, focused on in the ordinary level as well uh, but again you're not required to write as much so to make sure that there is there. The second option is a scale um, not as popular as the litter and the refus again which is an informal um, scenario where you might be talking about or whatever. So the format, the layout there is mm. important. As well. Yeah, scales are hard, doesn't matter what language you're on an exam. So finally, then, Ethna, your overall advice and core of the pauper Hain, you know, you're recommending that it should be approached in a perfunctionary fashion, you know, be strategic about it. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing that's going to come in year on them here. Uh, it's a case of preparing and going in and just delivering on the day. Watch your timing and your planning and uh, finish with a flourish. You're finished until the following paper two, then the following morning. So have planned your opening paragraphs, have those crutches with you going in. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and uh, as I said, these are these are phrases, and this is prepar- preparation that you can have uh, there, and uh, you can, it's preparation that you can use very beneficially in this particular exam, um, and confidently. And again, it's just clathri in as much throughout, and finishing with a flourish. Listen, Gormil Magadethna, Sochte Shin Galerna. Can I just give a mention to the Bioregan podcast, my good friend Sinead Nulachan's podcast? One of the best things you can listen to as you're wandering around the place that'll help that Gaelga flow to super podcast. But for now, Gurv Milamagat Ethan Coin.
Well, girls allowed their biology. Gee, I wonder what that means. It must mean that the indomitable Terry Flanagan is here because, of course, biology is the most popular Leaving Cert science subject by a long shot, mainly because Terry teaches it. Formerly biology teacher for a couple of years. For a couple, <laughs> at, all right. At Moyle Park College at Clondalkin, a Leaving Cert corrector. Yes, Terry, what was it, two years, three years you taught for there? Yeah, add another 40 <laughs> on top of that. Listen, Terry, we're delighted you're with us in studio. And again, that same opening salvo for you, right? Last year we were talking about the changes they were making. Yeah. But this year, is it more back to pre-COVID times? What's different again for this year? What are, the, what are the students looking at in this year's paper that's a little different from last year? Well, last year, the, the they were given a little bit more choice. It's really gone back to what it was like pre-COVID. So... The format or the layout of the paper is there are three sections, section A, section B and section C. Section A are the short questions and it's uh, five questions from seven this year, whereas it was only four from seven last year. But it's still better than it was pre-COVID when it was five from six. So it isn't as bad as people might think. Section B, the experiments, it's two from three. And section C, the long questions, it's four from seven. So pre-COVID, it was four from six. And even within that choice there, the last two questions, you answer two parts from four. Whereas before COVID, it was two questions from three. So there is quite a lot of, of choice there. You're trying to keep it positive. I like yeah, it, it Terry. No, no, it is, it is positive. I know biology is a, is a very popular subject and it's, it's the most popular, as you said, of the sciences. And I think after Irish, English, maths, and I think it's up there with French. It, it tends oh, to vie for, for the, the fourth top subject every year. And the majority of students, they take the honours paper. So it is really popular. It is a very long course. That's the one thing I would say. It's And it's not the easy science subject. Sure. No, but it's a, it's a good subject. Well, listen, let's get stuck in there because our clock is ticking here. I'm going to bring you back to section A, hmm. back up to 100 uh, marks this year. So That's how do right. I answer the questions? What are my choices? Well, the choice, there will be a set number of topics that will definitely appear in that every year. And I would say certainly, first of all, the likes of uh, question one will be food, feeding, enzymes type question. So that's the first one that comes up every single year. There'll also be a question there on ecology. So uh, that's one that you should know really, really well. Uh, Things like uh, the scientific method uh, and what appears quite often in Section A are a set of true false questions. So say question four, there'll be seven parts in it. You'll be given a statement, answer true or false. Now, if you don't even know anything, if you answer true to every one of them, (laughs) you're you're going to get 50 percent of them right anyway. (laughs) So you're bound to do better than that. Uh, a few things I would say about Section A is you have to answer on the question sheet. So there'll be a set amount of spacing left for you to fill in the answer. Now, don't start if the, if there's one line given, don't put in 10 lines or yes. something. Be writing down the side of the page and up the next page and please go to page yeah, two. It's not an Ashton. No, it's not. And, you know, when I'm correcting and I, I see that, I think, well, before I read anything, I know this student hasn't got it. If there's a a, a, a line left the examiner is looking for a sentence. If there's two or three lines, it's a paragraph. So but just the take advice note of that, that you're going to have is that, and you know this, is that students see a term and they take off like a rocket yeah. without even reading the context of it. No, but it's very important then that you read the question. You know, what does the question say? And quite often you'll see on the question sheet, it's in bold or in italics. And that means stick exactly to what you're being asked. So you know? if you're asked for two enzymes, don't put down three. 
No, and there's a reason for that. I'll give you a reason for that in a moment because there is, and people, students might think this is very, very unfair. There is a system whereby a wrong answer cancels a right answer. Now, Ooh, just bear with me. We keep telling the correctors are on your side mm, yeah, and they want are. you to do well. If you were asked to name two enzymes and you put down amylase and some maltase and they're two enzymes, that's correct. And then you think, ah, I'd be smart now and I'd put something else down just to be sure, to be sure. And you put something like insulin down. Yeah. Now, insulin's a hormone. OK. So what happens there is you're given your tick correct for the first two. Right. But then when it comes to the third one that was incorrect, it's yes. marked wrong. Yes. And you also take away one of ah, your... That's, that's no, it's not. I'll tell you why it's not, Evelyn. If you're asked <laughs> to name two enzymes yeah. and you put down 47 words... <laughs> You know, like, and you pick any two yes, of them. Okay, so now, you're okay. It's no, discipline. I, I, discipline. I do think, and I do think it's fair, and it only happens in section A of the paper. Okay, so let's if you're move asked on. Let's move give, on. Drive if you're asked to give B two, now. just give two. Moving on to section B, then uh, mm. experiments, pretty much the same as last year in format. Yeah. But what are your kind of suggestions around this part? Well, remember for the experiment type question, there's two parts in the question: section A and section B. Section A is a little bit of theory, so it's a question on what the experiment's going to be about. So in other words, give a definition of something or whatever. And that's worth six marks. And then the experiment comes in the second part of it. So six marks for the first part of the question, 24 marks for the second part of the question. Uh, I would say learn a set number of experiments and you should be OK. And those experiments would include, say, the microscope experiments, the enzyme experiments, ecology heart dissection. And notice I keep coming back to certain things like uh, microscopes and enzymes and mm, ecology. Mm. They're really, really important. And especially when we get to the long questions as well. So if you know those, uh, I would say, yeah, one thing the examiner is looking for is to see, did you actually do the experiment? So you might see in an experiment, say it's the yeast experiment. Now, students know what I'm talking about. Uh, there might be a question buried in there. It might be only for three marks and it might say, uh, what colour were the colonies? Now, if you haven't done the experiment, you might guess it's something like red or yellow or something like that. But in fact, the colonies are a very distinct pink colour. OK, so, so they that's will, a so demonstration they, that you did it. Yeah, or if it's one of the microscope experiments, how did you add the cover slip onto the slide, right? So if you haven't done it, you say, well, I just dropped it on it. Well, yeah. no, you don't just drop it because you'll end up with loads of excuse me, bubbles, these air bubbles. Right. So you use a, a pencil or a pin or something to add. The so they're just ways. So they're just little the things that would get you those extra marks. And talk about timing <clears> then, because as you say, it's a vast course. It's a big paper. You know, mm. we can't pare it down. But what's your advice around timings? Uh, very simple, especially now that we've gone back to the old way of the exam. 30 minutes for section A, 30 minutes for section B and 30 minutes for each question in section C. And you have to answer four questions. That's 30 minutes per question. Which you're going to divide up 27 and 24. Well, in section C, yeah. In section C, the questions will be, certainly for the first four, <coughs> excuse me, for the first four, there'll be three parts, part A, part B and part C. And it'll be worth nine marks, 27 marks and 24 marks. Students will be familiar with this yeah. from having done the questions. Uh, what I would say, a student often say, how long should I spend on this? A question says, you know, write a short account on, you know, how long is a short account? Yeah, how, how short long, can I get away with? Yeah, you know, how long is this piece of string? Yeah. Very simply, whatever the amount of marks are for that part of the question, divide it by two and that's the time in minutes. So if it's yes. nine minutes, if it's nine marks, then 
divide that by two. So between four and five minutes. Yeah. If it's 24 marks, 12 minutes. Then it's worth more of your time. Exactly. Sure. Now, if I'm at home and I'm going, there's a lot to cover. How mm. do I know that I'm beginning to cover the course well and that I'm, you know, that I'm working well? Um, well, I would say to you, I hope you're doing lots of exam questions. Know the marking scheme. I swear, if that's going to be written on my grave, know yeah. the marking scheme. Yeah. If you know the marking scheme, that is such a friend to you going into the exam. Absolutely. So what you should be doing is doing the exam questions, the old questions, starting from last year, working your way back to 2004. Do the questions. And again... Uh, definitions. Uh, yeah, but before we leave that, I would say to you, make sure that you also look at the marking schemes and see where the marks go. Exactly. So in no the biology, way. it's 60 marks per long question. So they're lo- they're divided into subunits of three. So you're, you're talking about for your first part, that's nine marks, three parts, three threes are nine. For the second part, we're 27 marks. It's nine points they're looking for. And for the third part, for 24 marks, it's you divide that again by three. So it's eight parts. So it's 20 parts per question. Finally, I'm very upset by this. You don't think that the examiner really cares about my artwork with my diagrams. You just want me to label and get on with it. Uh, you upsetting, don't have to. You don't have to yeah, I could never draw. Ah, I, stop. It's all coming out now. <laughs> but, but you don't have to be able to draw okay. to get your marks in the exam. Oh, what I would say to that is people then think, oh, how does an examiner correct this? Surely, you know, some guy, some one examiner, I think this is great. And another guy thinks it's not great. It's not. It's very, very clinical. So if you're asked to draw a diagram, say of the digestive system. The examiner is looking at that. There's either zero, four or seven marks going for the diagrams. And to get your seven marks, the, di- the, the examiner will be looking for three points. So say it's the digestive system. He'll look for something that looks like a mouth. He'll look for something that looks like a stomach and he'll look for something that looks like intestines or an anus. And if the three of them are there, you'll get your seven marks. But the real important thing about the diagrams is that there's also extra marks that go for the labels. But make sure you you put a heading in for your diagram. That's most important. So diagram shows cross section of a nephron or shows the alimentary canal and draw the diagram in pencil and draw it large. And it's amazing how many marks go for the diagrams. Okay, listen, thank you, Terry, as ever. Such great advice. And I know your other bit of advice will be no post-mortem. Anyway, Terry, bear with us. That's very true. We're going to come back to you in a minute, so stay there for the moment. But just moving on, if you're lucky enough to be studying music for the exams, as regular listeners will know, we are big fans of that course here. Uh, One of the uh, prescribed listing choices includes Bach's Cantata 78. And we're going to have a little flavour of that now. And the reason we're talking about it is because we got notification of an excellent sounding event for music students. Sunday, the 12th of March at 3pm, the Dunleary Choral Society is presenting Back to School, an interactive workshop for Leaving Cert students in the Church of the Assumption in Dorky for just five euro. Take a listen to this. What a beautiful piece of music. So John Doyle, the Society's musical director, will be taking students through this piece and you'll have a chance to discuss it with the musicians afterwards, which would be an amazingly helpful thing to do. So check out uh, Back to School on Sunday the 12th in Dorky.
What a way to spend your Sunday afternoon. Now we are moving on. We're delighted to be joined now by occupational therapist at Wayhead Therapy in Dublin, Jen Treadcheck. Jen, you're very welcome into the study hub. You, of course, work with young people and lots of great advice for us. But before we start with you, what we're going to do is we're going to try and think about, you know, the challenges that are ahead of these students, right? And the language that we use and lots of talk about climbing mountains and hilltops and, you know, things to do over the next couple of months. And they remind me really, and I'm going to ask you to cast your mind back to a notable day in recent history in January 20. 2021 and the inauguration of President Joe Biden when a young poet called Amanda Gordon stepped up to the podium and really took the world by storm with her inspiring words about the hill. When day comes we ask ourselves where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken. Amanda Gorman there with her inspiring words. Jen, everybody was blown away by her. And the language she used is so kind of relevant to Leaving Cert students, isn't it? Because it's the language we use about the Leaving Cert. So important. And and that kind of positive awareness is really key. You know, the, the confidence that you're doing the best you can, you're doing well, you'll get through it. Everybody gets through the Leaving Cert in some way or another. So have confidence and faith in yourself in doing it. Now, you say that the students you speak to, one of the big issues is about studying itself. Yeah. The concept of studying. Yeah, it can be challenging. I think um, maybe this cohort had um, a dip during COVID where the study skills that are really important maybe weren't as well developed. So a lot of people I talk to are struggling to actually get going with study. You know, the intentions are there, the plans are there, but actually to get started is kind of hard. Um, So really kind of thinking about how do you do that is important. Okay, so the big thing I suppose we have about with this generation are phones and concentration. And concentration is something they're aware of that sometimes that people can struggle with. Absolutely. And and phones and, and multitasking when, you know, when our brain is going to two different places at once, that's a challenge. So, you know, we, we say it all the time, it's harder to do, but to try and put down the phone when we're studying. And there are different apps like Forest that you can use to try and stop you going on the phone if that's a challenge. There's ways around those apps. So maybe just giving it to somebody, leaving it in a drawer outside for a short amount of time and then allowing yourself go back on the phone as a reward after you've done a little block. Now, I was one of those students who had like wonderfully ambitious study plans, right? And then sometimes it didn't necessarily come to pass. But what I really thought was interesting about what you had to say was identify when you study best. Like, are you a morning person? Are you a night person? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, thinking about our energy levels and matching that to the difficulty of what we have to study. So, you know, if you're really tired after a long day at school, heading into a really tough subject, like biology maybe, (laughs) um, it's probably not going to be the best time for you to do that. Maybe think about you know are you better on a Saturday morning do you feel more refreshed and you can tackle the harder subjects then or if you come in from sport is that a time when you feel energised and focus on the things that are harder when you're feeling more energised and leave the, the subjects that you're more comfortable with for when you're a little bit more drained or the battery's a bit lower 
Now, one of the other aspects that I kind of want to talk to you about is the kind of the parents or the guardians, because I think everybody feels a bit, you know, overwhelmed post COVID. How much do you push a student, you know, those conversations? Like, do you say to a student what you're expecting from them? How does that bit work? Yeah, I think those conversations are really important. I think parents are worried about saying the wrong thing sometimes or, you know, how much should I push somebody? People Um, are worried about putting pressure on maybe. Yeah, yeah. and we do need to be careful around pressure, but we need to be open. Um, So don't be afraid to sit down and kind of say, well, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm hoping for. This is what I want for you. Okay. Where are you at? What are your needs? How can I support you to get the most for for the next few months? You know, we're at the end. Um, we talk about the the leaving cert being like a marathon. Sure. We're in the final stages of it. You okay. know, some people just want to get their heads down. They don't want any distractions. They want to do it themselves to get over the line. Sometimes people need a little bit more support. They want to hear somebody cheering on the sidelines. They want somebody but in their corner. But a parent can be honest and say, look, I'm actually expecting... Yeah. Hours. I'm expecting you open your bedroom, expecting lack, less social life or whatever. Yeah, I think it's good to, to kind of lay out the expectations and yeah. then allow and listen to your young person around what their expectations are, what their hopes are, what their needs are. And, you know, get on the same page. You know, if, if you've got expectations that are very far removed from what your young person feels that they can do or the, where they're at, that's where conflict is going to arise. So have the conversation, say, this is, you know, what I'm hoping for, my expectations, where are you at? Mm. What, how can we come together on this so that you're both getting, you know, you're, you both want the same thing. Everybody wants to get through this in the, the healthiest way possible and to get the most for, from the next few months. You know, the word that people are worried about is anxiety. Nobody wants a young person dealing with anxiety, I suppose. So, you know, there are grades of this, right? At what stage do you say this? there's kind of manageable anxiety and then there's red flag stuff that maybe needs an intervention? What kind of tools or what can people be watching out for to help a young person? Yeah, and I think um, it's a really good question because you expect um, as we get closer that there will be levels of anxiety that start to creep up and, st- you know, there's, there is those normal levels and, you know, anxiety is a normal natural response that we have. But I suppose as a parent, if you're seeing... Um, you know, significant changes in your young person's behaviour. Maybe they're sleeping a lot less or it's reduced or maybe they're... You think uh, sleep is a really interesting key into where somebody's mood is... Sleep sleep is really um, a good indicator. Um, and, so and somebody wandering the house at 2am, yeah. that's a concern. Um, okay. and, and because when we're not sleeping well, that also has an impact on our mental health. So it's kind of correlated that, you know, poor sleep leads to us feeling worse in general and then that can impact on our sleep because we're worrying more. So that's a really good indicator. Um, it changes... You you know, somebody who's very motivated, who suddenly withdraws and, and stops doing what they're doing or somebody who's usually very laid back and suddenly seems very heightened. Those kind of significant changes in behaviour are, are ones to kind of watch out for and to ask questions on. And then if you're concerned, you know, don't be afraid to talk to the young person. Let them know. Say what you see, as they say in catchphrase, you know. Really? Just yeah. sit down and say, I am yeah. worried I, I, about your I've, sleep or I'm or worried I've about you. I've noticed, you know, I've yeah. noticed that you don't seem to be yourself or you're not going out as much as you were or I've mm. noticed that you're not sleeping. I'm worried about you. How are you doing? And, and start that ball rolling. Um, don't be afraid to be open about it. And then, you know, link in with schools. Schools are great. They've got lots of resources in terms of guidance counsellors and year heads are great at kind of recognising what's going on within the cohort. So don't be afraid to talk to school. Um, can I also mention Jigsaw.ie has got some fantastic resources for parents and for teachers and for young people themselves um, to speak directly via text with um, a trained professional. Um, but their, their advice and information for parents is fantastic as well. Great. Well, look, Terry's still with us here and I asked Terry to 
stay because, you know, you know you're leaving for students so well after so many years. And I suppose the big thing I wanted to ask you was when a student, say, is trying to balance the work and the other, right, and the relaxation, what is your advice? Like if somebody's in the, up in the bedroom, they've been there for hours, they're feeling a bit and a bit tense about it all. What do they do? Study more or what? No, I would say to them, get out for a walk. I know you're familiar with the biophilia effect. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I always think of that. Old you know, school, just go out for a walk. Go out for a walk and uh, enjoy nature. Listen to the birds singing. The biophilia effect has been proven. I, I know in, with hospitals, when they built hospitals years ago, like the Matter Hospital, if you look outside the front of the hospital, they had a green space. They had it outside Jervis Street Hospital, which is now no longer a hospital. Mm-hmm. And what they have found from that is patients looking out at this greenery, they recovered quicker. And they were discharged quicker. So it's really, really good for you, especially when you're stressed with all of the worries at this time of the year, doing those exams. Get out, go for a walk, get the fresh air into your lungs, listen to the birds, come back, you feel fresh, have a glass of water, go back to your studies again. Well, we were looking this up, right, in Spotify, for example. I mean, I think there's millions of searches for relaxation music, but it's something we have a little flavour here of the kind of music that people are listening to when they're trying to go out for that walk. I know you say about the bird song as well, but for some of us, we love to have our headphones in. So I'm going to take a little taster there of the kind of music you might get on a Spotify relaxation playlist. Oh, I feel like I'm in a beautiful spa now. I'm getting ready for my foot massage. Jen, would this send you asleep or would this help you relax, do you think? I think a, li- a little <laughs> little bit of music can help me relax. I probably don't want to be too relaxed if I'm studying. <laughs> Maybe. But when you go for that wander that, uh, that Terry has recommended. Going for the walk, getting the endorphins flowing, get you know, and learn your enzymes as you're walking. Put 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 the podcast in the ears as you're walking. Listen to some of the, the Listen, advice. Listen, Jen, I was about to say that myself. The perfect relaxation is this with Study Hub on. You know, listening to both. It's got to be the perfect Multitasking. Terry, bird song for you. Nothing like it. You can't beat it. What about a whale song? A whale song, yeah, yeah, yeah excellent. Love it. Well, well, we'll go Google our whale song and see if we can come up with that for next week. But uh, that's it for this afternoon for this episode of uh, Study Hub. Thank you, Jen Tredcheck from Wayhead Therapy in Dublin. Thank you so much, Terry Flanagan, for your expertise and advice in the biology paper. And Mila Boychusle Ethna Coin. That's our lot for now. But don't forget to check out RT Learn, which is full of extra content and videos and notes and all sorts of wonderful extras to help you navigate all this. So go check all that. But until our next episode, episode four, until then, Slonga Fowl.